Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Jeff Rodkey, the author of the Chronicles of Egg trilogy and a writer whose film credits include Daddy Daycare, RV, and The Shaggy Dog. This spring, Rodkey is launching a new middle grade series, which kicks off with The Tapper Twins Go to War with Each Other. The book is being published in April by Little Brown, which is sponsoring this podcast. The Tapper Twins Go to War with Each Other is written as an oral history, one written by 12-year-old Claudia Tapper as she recounts her battles at home, at school, and online with her twin brother, Reese, who naturally sees their conflict and who's responsible for it completely differently than she does. Text messages, email transcripts, and interviews with friends and family all combine as Claudia documents hostilities like the click chat atrocity, Operation Fishy Revenge, and more. Jeff, thanks for speaking with me. Thanks for having me. So, Jeff, what came first with you with this series? Uh, you know, the story you wanted to tell or the way you wanted to tell it? It was kind of, kind of a little of both. Uh, the, the place it came from was, you know, this is my second middle grade series. And the first one, The Chronicles of Egg, was uh, sort of a, a classic adventure story and, and one that I'm hugely proud of. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of for an, a, a slightly the older end of the middle grade range. And I have three sons who were uh, at this point they're they're fourteen, twelve, and nine. But uh, when I started writing the series, they were they were all kind of a little bit younger. And I had a lot of trouble. The fourteen year old loved the Chronicles of Egg series, uh, but he's also a pretty good reader, so he could handle you know a three hundred page book with no pictures. And the 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 twelve and the nine year old not so much. Like they're the kind of kids who they just you know they're basically reluctant readers. And getting them to read the Chronicles of Egg series, despite the fact that uh, the books in it were dedicated to them specifically, was, was actually kind of painfully hard. And I, I wanted this time around to write something that they would like, naturally like, pick up and really want to read. And by extension, that you know, other kids would pick up and really want to read. And uh, I was having a conversation uh, at the, the writer's space that I, I work at with another writer who was kind of in the same boat. She had a, an older son and a younger daughter, and the son had loved the Chronicles of Egg series, and she couldn't get her daughter to pick it up. And, and she was like, why don't you just write something, you know, funny? And, and for some reason, this was kind of a revelation, despite the fact that I had, I'd spent, you know, 15 years of my life writing comedy in, in film and TV. And I thought, okay, I, want to, I need to write something that's, that's just funny this time, because The Chronicles of Egg has a lot of humor in it, but it's basically an adventure story. Mm-hmm. And the things that my kids really gravitated toward were, are, you know, Wimpy Kid, Big Nate, the Charlie Joe Jackson series. They're things that are, that are A, primarily just comedies, and B, have a big visual component. So I kind of knew that, you know, I wanted it to be funny, I wanted it to be contemporary, and I wanted it to, to have sort of, to be the kind of thing that didn't have daunting, like the thing with the Chronicles of Egg books, they were, when I first started and they were like, there were 3,000 word chapters, which I don't think I was sensitive to the fact that like a nine-year-old does not want to read a 3,000 word chapter. Mm-hmm. 
And, and it was actually, as I went through that series, they got shorter and shorter. Like the, by the time you get to the third egg book, the chapters are more like 1500 words because <laughs> yeah. things are moving a lot more quickly. Um, and that again was just, that was the result of just not having written for kids before. So this time I knew I really, I wanted something that was, you know, you could pick it up and immediately get into it and, and it was short and punchy and it moved really fast and there was a lot of visual humor in it. Well, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the visual aspect to these books. And so were you actively involved uh, beyond, of course, writing the books? Were you also uh, pretty involved in, in finding the sort of the photos and creating these text exchanges or was that handled by... Oh, yeah. Else? No, very much so. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the thing that Little Brown's been really fantastic about has been really keeping me involved in the in the in the visual you know construction of the series and not only just the photos most of which i took or or found myself but the layout and and working with the uh, the artist who you know there's a big section in it which is takes place inside a, a fictional video game called meta world which is extraordinarily similar to minecraft although not so similar that we'll run into legal problems <laughs> Knock on wood. And, and I was able to actually work directly with the artist, uh, you know, in, from basically from the get-go. And, and that was really fantastic. Um, and it came about as like, because I knew there needed to be a strong visual component. Because, the, again, my kids, they want to read stuff with pictures. And, and I, for a little while, I was thinking to myself, because I, 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 I can't draw stick figures. I'm terrible. And I, I had this thought that, like, I... I never would have guessed that the thing that would be holding me back as a writer was the fact that I couldn't draw. Hmm. And, and then I had this sort of like four in the morning realization because I'd come up with the, the, the conceit that this, uh, this war between the Taffer twins is told as an oral history because Claudia, you know, the, the 12-year-old girl who's uh, sort of the first among equals between her and Reese, it's sort of 60% her story and 40% Reese's story, um, Claudia is very ambitious and she wants to be president someday. And she's concerned that if she, uh, if what happened in the war between the Tapper twins gets out during the New Hampshire primary, it'll destroy her chances of becoming president. Hmm. So she wants to sort of get her story out. And this is, she creates this oral history where she interviews everybody who was involved and tries to create this documentary record of what happened in the, you know, in the Tapper twins war. And what's great about that is it allows you to sort of tell a story like a, an entire book that's almost all dialogue. Mm-hmm. So everything is, is done in the voices, not just of Claudia and Reese, but of various friends of theirs at school, of, you know, of the, the vice principal gets involved at some point. Uh, the parents are involved through text messages. But, I, you know, I, I knew this needed to be visually illustrated. And again, this is another extraordinarily long answer to a very short <laughs> question. Um, I knew it had to be visually illustrated, but I couldn't figure out, like, well, would Claudia be – Claudia should be drawing the pictures, but, like, how am I going to do that? Because I can't draw. And I, and I knew that, you know, t- typically if you give a book to a publisher, they're going to find the illustrator and you're kind of not going to be in control of it. And I, I had this sort of middle-of-the-night realization of, like, wait a minute. It's a 12-year-old girl compiling an oral history. If she wants to document something, she'll take a picture of it on her smartphone. Mm-hmm. And so that essentially became kind of the visual basis for the series, which is it goes on. Um, it's just a whole lot of photos all over New York City and in, in, you know, both in apartments and on the street and at various places that I literally just took on my phone. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of a lo-fi quality to it, but I think it's, if the, you know, the conceit is it's all been done by a 12-year-old girl. So I think there, there's a level at which the lo-fi actually serves the humor. Mm-hmm. Okay, this might be a spoiler, but now I have to ask. Does that mean that one of, uh, one of your boys uh, got a mohawk haircut in service of uh, this book? That's, this is a great story. Uh, he did not. And the, the spoiler is at some point in the, in the story, for those of you who haven't read it, uh, and everybody should, it's great. Um, Reese gets a mohawk. It, it sort of, Claudia tricks Reese into getting a mohawk. But it doesn't work out the way Claudia had wanted it to. Uh, so I knew I needed a photo of a kid with a mohawk. And I had, I actually, the only, the only one of my three kids who would have been appropriate was my 12-year-old son. And, and, I, and I was like, listen, this is, it's really important for our family. W- will you get a mohawk? And he said, absolutely not. No, I will, de- I will not get a mohawk. And I was like, look, it's, no, it's really, really important. It's like, you know, this is, this could be, this is the future of our, our, our family's livelihood depends on you getting a mohawk. And he's like, no, no, I'm not getting a mohawk. So I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to find a kid with a mohawk. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I should just put up signs like at Astor Place Barbers, you know, and I, I really, I, I was, I was sort of at a loss and this was happening right after I had, I had sold the series to Little Brown. So I hadn't compiled all the photos yet, but right after that happened, I went on vacation with my family to Mexico and I'm sitting on a beach reading a book and a 12 year old kid with a mohawk walks by. And it was, it was like, I, was, I just, I kind of looked at the sky and I was like, somebody up there likes me because here's a 12-year-old kid with a mohawk. And, and so I went over to his parents and, and explained the situation and they were extraordinarily skeptical mm-hmm. uh, right up until the point I, at which I said, kid with a mohawk. And then suddenly they were like, oh, I get what you need. Okay, I get it. And, and so his name is Gage Jaco. He lives in uh, suburban Chicago. He's an awesome kid. His parents are awesome. And uh, that's the back of Gage's head. So, so now, speaking of uh, the book and you know, getting it, finding its way to Little Brown, were you? Um, I think it was sold in a deal for World Rights, if I'm not mistaken. Were you working with uh, multiple editors or just one person? For the most part, it's just been uh, Andreas Spooner at Little Brown in the U.S., who's fantastic. Uh, and there's there was a little bit the um, the British editor uh, weighed in at a couple of points. But only with sort of you know, kids in kids in Britain won't understand X kind mm. of things. Okay. Um, nobody else really to this point has has weighed in on it uh, in terms of the foreign markets. Okay. But I but I also think that you know there's there's sort of a there, there's kind of a delay on those like with the Chronicles of Egg books which uh, came out I think in eight foreign countries. Uh, I would I would occasionally get. You know, like a year after I'd turned in the manuscript, uh, an, you know, an Italian translator would send me an email asking a question about something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there hasn't – no, there hasn't been a lot of editorial input from the, okay. from the foreign markets. Um, now, uh, getting back to your kids a little bit, you, you mentioned that, you know, they're varying uh, – they have varying reading habits. Um, were they uh, – did they serve at all as a, uh, a test audience with this one then? They've definitely been a test audience. Uh, to some extent, they've also been uh, a model for what happens. You know, because I, I was I was trying again. I was trying to write something that they would pick up and really want to read. And you know, my twelve year old son lives on Instagram, and my nine year old essentially lives on Minecraft, and to to a lesser extent, Clash of Clans. 
um, which, you know, I, I recognize makes me kind of a terrible parent. But uh, the reason, you know, a big reason why the, the sort of click chat, which is the kind of my fictional version of Instagram and Meta World, which is my fictional version of, of Minecraft, are, are in the story is because that's kind of, you know, I think my, my kids are far from alone in that. And I, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to kind of, I, I wanted to sort of portray kids as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and they're just, they're, they're, they're spending a lot of their, 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 their life online. And, and a lot of their social act interaction is online too. But to get back to uh, them serving as, as a test audience, I've, I've definitely been giving them to them as I, as I go along. And the, and the thing that was really, really heartening when I first, uh, when I wrote the, the manuscript to the first book, which, you know, at that point it didn't have any pictures or anything else attached. Uh, I gave it to my, my middle son who, who basically I had to, I had to beg and plead to get him to read the Chronicles of Egg books. Uh, Cause again, he's not a big reader and I handed it to him and he took it into his bedroom. He came out two hours later, he put the manuscript down. He goes, it's great. When can I read the next one? No pressure. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God. You know, it was, it was like, you actually, you, you read the whole thing. And he, he had actually read the entire book in one sitting, which, you know, I think he's done that with Diary of a Wimpy Kid and maybe one of the Charlie Joe Jackson books. But other than that, it's, you know, that was, that was kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. And as we've gone on, as we've gone on, I've, I've solicited input from all three of them. For example, the, the, the book two has a very different ending than the first draft because I gave it to my nine-year-old and he finished reading it and he said, I like everything except the ending. And I was, and nobody else had really pointed that out yet, but I was like, okay, if the nine-year-old doesn't like the ending, the ending should probably change. So that's been hugely helpful. Okay. Well, now I feel like I should ask the same question. When do, uh, when do we all get to read the next book? Um, is it, is it right that this is a a four book uh, series? Yeah, it's going to be at least four books. Hopefully it'll be more if things go well. Um, but I probably jinxed it by saying that, (laughs) uh, the second one the second one, which is, is, is fantastic and I'm really, really proud of, is called The, the Tapper Twins Tear Up New York. And it's about the, the, the kids – Claudia organizes a scavenger hunt for charity. It's a team scavenger hunt with you know, everybody in the sixth grade. And it's all over New York City. And the thing that was, the thing that, that was particularly like, great about that idea was that I was really able to leverage the – the photographic elements of it because there's, you know, there's, there's big scenes that take place in Times Square. There's things, you know, downtown at this, like at the, on the, the Staten Island Ferry, the Statue of Liberty, there's central, central park has a bunch of things. They go to the Met and, and, and there's all of these sort of great iconic New York landmarks that I kind of was able to put in, into the story. Uh, photographically, and I think it really adds to it. And it's just a really, really fun story. I think uh, it's coming out either in September or October of this year. Uh, there's hopefully there will be advanced copies in the next um, couple of months. I know they're preparing them, but I don't know when those are actually going to be ready. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, are the Tapper twins pretty much uh, kind of taking taking up all of your time now, or are you still actively involved in the the film world as well? They're taking up most of it right now. I had it. I, um, you know, the the thing that's sort of frustrating about the film business, and and one of the big reasons why I'm I, I'm doing books almost exclusively and actually really happily, is most of the time when you write a screenplay, even if somebody's paying you for it, even if a studio is paying you for it, they don't make the movie. So you wind up, you know, you you spend all this time writing a script. 
and then it never reaches an audience. And the last thing, the last thing I worked on was uh, it was a, a, a movie. It was going to be a TV movie for the Disney Channel that went through a bunch of different iterations. It was called The Goblin, and it was about it was basically the comedy version of E.T. This family moves into a house, and there's a goblin living there, and they can't get rid of him, uh, and he's really irritating. And I've, I've been working on it in – the Disney Channel came around about four years into its existence. It had previously been in development with, the, with a producer as a theatrical movie. And I did multiple drafts of that for them. And then uh, the management there changed and the new management wanted something different. And they came back to me like a few months ago and said, do you want to do another rewrite, which would have been literally I think my 10th or 12th rewrite um, of this script – and and I had a moment where I was like I I I could uh, no because I just I, I at that point like I really you know I've got I had two other Tapper twins books to write and I just really didn't want to take the focus off of that to do another draft of something that you know might get made but you know the the track record on these things is not great mm-hmm. so there's and, another extraordinarily long answer <laughs> and any hopes that the uh, the Tapper twins might uh you know make their way to other uh you know, formats and worlds down the road too? Yeah, I think it'd be great if they did. Um, and there was actually, a, there was an offer on the film rights uh, right when the, when the manuscript first went out to publishers, but it was, uh, I, I kind of, I didn't, and it was, I basically didn't take it for the same reason that I didn't want to rewrite the Goblin script again, which was, I, you know, I talked to the producers involved, and they didn't have a studio behind it, and it was it, it felt like something where I could put a lot of time and effort into writing a screenplay that wouldn't get made into a movie. So I, you know, I'd rather not even go down that road, unless, for example, because the way the film business works is, you know, they're they're not going to make a, a movie out of a book unless the book is hugely successful. So I would kind of rather not. And you know, and a lot of they, they'll buy a lot of things, and a lot of scripts will get developed, but the movies don't actually get made. And I'd rather not go through that process unless there's a decent chance of the of the movie getting made. So hopefully it'll happen. But I, you know, the the, the series would have to be really successful sure. for for that to you know to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, congratulations again on uh, the new book, and uh, thank you again for speaking with me. Thanks a lot. It's been my pleasure. Once again, I've been speaking with Jeff Rodkey, whose novel, The Tapper Twins Go to War with Each Other, is being published in April by Little Brown. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. 